Hello, friends, and however you are listening to us, we're really grateful that you are participating in the On Grace podcast. I'm sitting across from two men, quite literally the Reese Cups of Broadway United Methodist Church, the peanut butter and the chocolate, and you put them together and they become something greater than the sum of its parts. That is Wayne Hunter, Wendell Van Valen, and I am Jason Brown, content to be the rapper. (laughs) So if we bust a beat, you're going to rap, right? I I am a man of many talents, Wendell. <laughs> I will rap, but not not for free. You gotta, you gotta. <laughs> okay, all right. We won't go there then. Yeah. I'm Wendell. I'm Wayne. Yeah. Um, this is probably our third whack at this. I don't know if we're gonna hit it or not, but we've been uh, kind of wrestling with. Uh, okay, grace is being fully invested in. I mean, that's what when God graces us, He's fully invested, fully present with us. It's not a commodity that He you know, gives and draps and dribbles. He, it, he's all in. So when we grace each other, it's the same thing. We are all in, we're listening, we're aware. And so, um, it all sounds good. It's all nice. When you talk about domesticated people, people who are kind, people who are generous, people who are nice, you know, mm-hmm. but what about the boogers? What about the people who, wow, he's rude. Wow. He's selfish. Wow. He's arrogant. Well, that guy's just an all in all bully. What do you do about them? So we've tried a couple times to hit on this, and it just doesn't seem like we've. I've kind of left the podcast thinking, hmm, there's some dangling participles there somewhere. We haven't, <laughs> haven't dealt with it like we should have. And so um, we kind of been talking about Luke's isolated statement, and, and I had to research this to find that the other gospel writers don't say this, but Luke, toward the end of his gospel, mind he is a Gentile, and he is a doctor, not an MRI CT scan doctor, but an ancient doctor. And so he writes at the end of his gospel, he says, he quotes Jesus as saying, the kingdom of heaven is in you or within you. And some of the translations have chickened out and said, um, the kingdom of heaven is in your midst. But I chased that rabbit down the Greek hole and found out it means the kingdom is within you. And so I thought, hmm, what, what is Luke? How, how do you come at that? And the fact that he's a Gentile would probably mean that his conversations are not flavored with, well, who's in and who's out of the kingdom? A Jew would think that way. And being an ancient doctor, he would be a, an avid listener. That when he talked to somebody, he looked them in the eye, he watched their body language, he listened to their tone of voice. He he really searched to see what he could see in a person. And my hunch, this is my hunch, is that he kept seeing glimpses of grace and the kingdom of heaven in people who, according to the book, should not have the mm-hmm. kingdom in them or should right. not have grace yeah. in them. And so he's like, whoa, maybe this is already in them. Right. And so that's kind of what's generated the idea of when we con- when we talk with somebody, when we have a conversation, we're not so much there deciding whether they're in or out of the kingdom. Rather, we're looking for the kingdom in them. And so with nice people, with polite people, with 
generous people, it's like, oh, yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. Right. But what do you do with the problem people? And, and uh, I mean, this is not just my idea. We've been talking among ourselves. I'm just the talking head right now to get us started. But Jesus had that triad of if they slap you, turn the other cheek. If they sue you for one piece of clothing, give him some more. If they want you to walk a mile, walk the extra. And so I'm wondering if that is possibly us helping the other person, the problematic type person, begin to search for the kingdom within themselves. Yeah. They don't even know it's there. Right. So you slap me. Well, let's not use that one. Let's use the walk the extra mile. So you have the power as a Roman soldier to make me carry your burden for a mile. That's the law. And I choose to walk the next mile. And I'm not sure how long it takes to walk a mile, but it takes a while. Mm-hmm. So you have this elongated period of time to where the soldier has to decide, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to, ha- what kind of person do I want to be during the second mile? First mile, I'm a Roman soldier. You got to do this for me. Right. Second mile, what am I going to do? Yeah. There's going to be conversation. There's going to be. So that's kind of the idea that we have with problem people. We have the opportunity to help them search for the kingdom of heaven inside themselves. Yeah. So I'll try to shut up and let you all bounce that ball around. Jason, I believe you have some really good insights on this. I can just tell. I don't, I'm not sure you were <laughs> in tune with where in you are. In tune with me there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm just thinking about what you what you said there about the, the God in drabs and dribbles. That's what you said, right? Drabs yeah, and yeah, dribbles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, country, I'm a country boy. Well, you know, honestly, what came to my mind, I'll reveal my intellectual and theological depth here. There's a song in Frozen, the, the movie. <laughs> there you go. And it says that people make bad choices when they're mad or scared or stressed. And so how the first thought was how often do I um, miss the kingdom and others because I'm mad or scared or stressed? Because mm-hmm. around... You know, as you said, boogers, it's very easy for me to get mad or scared right. or stressed. And maybe they're mad. Or, or yeah. the second part is mm. maybe they are mad or scared or stressed. And so what I'm seeing of them is not exactly who they are, but the version of them that is mad or scared or stressed and uh, therefore has all of these walls up, has the drawbridge up, and is is presenting a version of themselves that is defensive and um, protective and um, scared of, of this interaction. Right. And, and so what we get from them is not um, who God created right. them to be, yeah. but something else entirely. Yeah. And, I th- I th- and so what that asks of us is to, to do two things, I think. One is to believe that the kingdom is in them, that there is something else in there, that God is at work in every person. And, and the other is uh, the courage to be present to them when when they're not expressing the kingdom, they're expressing something else, whether it's anger or stress or fear or whatever it is, uh, in the in the hopes that we will get a glimpse of where God is at work in their life so that we can call that out or, or point it out and affirm it in them rather than becoming defensive, like you said, ourselves or afraid. Uh, and so this idea that if I really believe that that the kingdom is in them 
somewhere. Uh, do I have the patience and the courage and the, the grace? Am I willing to be vulnerable uh, to them in, until I find that or until I see that, until it finds expression in some way? Uh, and I think that's called love, but maybe not. I think that's what it looks like anyway. You think about the old paradigm. I mean, we're, I, I don't know about JB, but I know Wayne, you and I have talked about the old way we used to think where you let every encounter was, are they in the kingdom or out? You, you wore that judge's hat into the conversation mm-hmm. and you never, and you thought that was your job as a pastor. Right. That's your job. Yeah. Cause if you're out of the kingdom, I need to get you saved. Right. You know, that's the whole idea. And, and so you're going in juggling all these balls all, all the time. You're trying, you're listening to, are they, do they have Christian speak? Do they, do they know anything about the Bible? Do they have any history of church attendance? I mean, you got all these things that you're mm-hmm. looking for and you're listening for, and it has to run through this lens of, are they meeting the qualifications? Have they jumped through the proper hoops? Have they jumped through the hoops I believe in as opposed to what the church down the road believes in? When, you, when you're looking for the kingdom of heaven in them, it's a, it's a solo focus. It's, it's just one focus. It's one thing. And it's so much, pragmatically, it's so much easier. Mm-hmm. You, you know, because cause what you said, your ego is no longer invested. No. I don't have to be right. Right. I don't have to yeah. prove anything. Yeah. About myself or them. Right. All I'm doing this is an this is a an observation. No, it's more like an exploration. Right. You know. Yeah. And you're inviting them to explore as well. Right. Let me jump in and ask a question. So you you said when you you guys have been pastors for a long time. When before you had this paradigm shift when you would meet people. And you said you were looking for like the code words or the mm-hmm. the, the biblical knowledge or the whatever. Like, mm-hmm. what what were you looking for, and how did that keep you from seeing God at work or the kingdom in that person? Well, you uh, you look for for them to say that they are a Christian, that they accepted Christ, or you know, if you're if you're not bold enough to push them to that point, if they go to church, something that. That you can, that I could feel comfortable that I didn't uh, fail as a pastor, you know, who's supposed to be helping them find Jesus. And so after that, after conversations, it wasn't about, well, who was that or where were they? It was, how did I do? Was I faithful even, you know, in a spiritual kind of way to phrase it, but really it's still about me. Was I faithful to help them, help them find Jesus or uh, to make sure they were going to heaven rather than who was this person that I just encountered and did I did I see them and did I look for Jesus in them rather than how well did I show Jesus to them, I guess, even. It, 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 became, it, it really got hinky sometimes because suppose they were a farmer, okay, and they're out putting up square bales in a field and you stop to talk to them or whatever. They're hot. They're sweaty. They're they're work, they're trying to make a living. They're trying to help their family survive. And if you didn't somehow squirrel that conversation around to, well, now do you know Jesus? Now, if you died tonight, would you know you're going to heaven? You know, really? Yeah. And so you'd go home defeated, yeah, like right. well, I was a bad pastor. Yeah. Especially, you know, there are times 
depending on who you talked to lately or what book you'd read, how guilty you felt or pressured you felt to do that. Uh, like I did an internship at a church uh, when I was in college, and they were really big on evangelism. And, and so literally every time we got together, they would ask you how many conversations you asked people if you died tonight, were you going to heaven? And so they measured your spirituality or your faithfulness or whatever by how many conversations you could yeah. control to get to that point. Yeah. And so you know when you feel guilty, if you're not doing it, you do it more often. But then if you can... <laughs> But there were seasons when, you know, I didn't feel as guilty about it, so I didn't do it as much. But there were times when it was, you know, Is this all really foreign to you? Well, I've never, I mean, never, <laughs> ever had a conversation with Welcome somebody. Welcome to the good old days. Somebody <laughs> so who was hanging, uh, what did you say, square bells in the yeah. yard? What is <laughs> no, 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 they're putting up square bells out in the field. You don't know what a square bell of hay is? Oh, I know what a okay. square bell yeah. yeah. I thought you said bell. bells, like the no, things bell. that ring. Okay. Bell. Yeah. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which I was a country pastor. Right. So yeah. I literally would drive up and a lot of times just get out and help and put up hay. Yeah. And like I'm gonna try to lead them to Jesus while we're putting up hay. Really? Seriously? It's just crazy. But that contrast, um the other day I went to Barren River Lake to go fishing. And it was a terrible day to fish, but it was real busy. Water was too high, too choppy, but whatever. Bad day to fish. But there was a young family, young father and mother, with their two kids who had just bought a new boat. Is obviously They were trying to take the boat out of the lake, and it was obvious they didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. He was frustrated because he couldn't winch his boat up on the trailer. And he's working with his teenage son, and he was so patient. He was so kind. Yeah. And it never raised his voice. And I was just standing there waiting on my guy to come down with his trailer. And he was so kind. And, and the wife was standing there just encouraging, should I pull this rope? Should I do? Nobody raised a voice. Nobody, yeah. you know. And so fi- I couldn't take it anymore. So I walked down there and I said, dude. Raise your voice. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get that boat out. No. So I walked down there and I said, dude. I said, you are so patient. I said, I am so impressed with the way you're handling this. <laughs> and she said, oh, he's so nervous about, this is the first time we've had this out, uh-huh. you know. And I said, well, all I can say is when I was your age, I was in the same place you are trying to get a boat out of water, yelling at my kids, telling them what to do, tell them what not to do. And I said, I'm just in awe of how you're functioning here. Yeah. And so it just opened up a conversation. Yeah. And uh, by the time they left, she said, well, thank you so much, because I gave him a little piece of advice when they asked. But anyway, so when they left, she said, thank you. And I said, well, thank you for letting me share in this little piece of your life. Yeah. And I just thought, yeah. how different right. from the yeah. old encounters, right. you know? Yeah. So, but what you did there was, like, rather than asking him where he would go if he died tonight. Yeah. Right, you you called forth the kingdom in him. I saw it exactly. Yeah, you you called forth, but you named his his patience. Yeah, right. And I mean to have to have someone, whether you're a booger or not, to, yeah. to have someone affirm. Yeah, the presence right. of God, the fruit of the Spirit in you. Right. Yeah. Like that's powerful. Yeah. 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 A lot more powerful than having somebody ask you if you're if you died or not, are you going to heaven? That's not too powerful. It's no, a little, a little uh, aggravating. That confirms offsetting. all your negative thoughts about organized religion. Right. Yeah. So, to your to your point, do you think the folks who are boogers, the people who act like boogers, do you think that's a control thing? Do you think that's a a stress thing? I mean, obviously, that we're speaking in very very 
gross overgeneralizations. I think the three things you came up from, with from Frozen, it pretty much hit. <laughs> I, I really do think that's some pretty profound wisdom. And 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 you've got and 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 the name for the movie that's awesome. You've got to see through the ice. You got to see through the ice and see the warmth because there is warmth in there. And help them. Wait for this. Uh oh. Let it go. There. You, <laughs> I'm astounded. I'm sorry. <laughs> this would be my last podcast. <laughs> oh, no. We're, oh, oh, we're sitting on the floor. Yeah. Wade yeah. is rubbing his temples as we speak, uh, wondering why we ever got a third microphone. Uh, I, I'm speechless. That was good. That was good. extremely good. Yeah. That was a classic. That's exactly why we have the third mic. <laughs> That's mic. right. Because the real brilliance in the That's room right. is the young guy. There you go. And just like you called forth the kingdom in that guy, you are you are calling it forth in me. However, <laughs> whatever however it looks undeserved. like, whatever it looks like, we try to recognize it. <laughs> maybe maybe we kind of came to a conclusion today of how to deal with the boogers. I don't know. Maybe so. Hey, thanks for being a part of this episode of On Grace. My name is Jason Brown, and it's been my pleasure to be with Wendell Van Valen and Wayne Hunter.